0: Hey, welcome back to Pigeon Hockey. This is Chris, and today's co-host, Sebastian. Hello, hello. And you know us, we're just a goalie and a goon that have taken one too many pucks or fists to the head and do not claim to be hockey experts, but simply overzealous hockey fans that love to play, watch, read, and talk about hockey. So be sure to follow us on Twitter to let us know what you think, and also be sure to comment and share any hockey games, news, or videos we should cover in an upcoming podcast. So, Sebastian, today's podcast is all about the national championships for the USPHL, in Chesapeake, Virginia. And I think you and I have been talking about these games and, and, and this playoff setup for a while and we're super stoked that it's finally happening and man, these games have been amazing.
1: Yeah, and uh they've been fast and furious. Uh you know, they got right down to business in this tournament and uh they haven't looked back. I mean they've just been rolling. No, I wake up and hockey's on. I absolutely love it.
0: And so for this episode there's a lot of hockey to cover. So we're actually gonna keep real brief recaps on each game we're not going for full game recaps we're going to probably talk about one or two goals a game maybe name some goal scores and then move on because otherwise this podcast would probably uh, last for hours but before we get started we want to talk about the newest era of USPHL hockey in Buffalo as the Buffalo Stampede are now taking over the USPHL team in Buffalo where the Thunder previously were.
1: Yeah, I heard that recently.
0: Yeah, it's it's a I <laughs> as, as a <laughs> as a born and raised Buffalo kid here, I was really excited to see this news release and call it bias, call it whatever you will. But the new jersey logo color scheme, all of it just works together. If anyone listened to the podcast recently on our USPHL Premier Jersey rankings, the Thunder didn't crack my list. It went unranked for me, but I'm gonna tell you what this set. You know where the set lies for me. Number one. Close. Number two. I still think the Fresno Monsters have it, but this one actually trumps the Dells Ducks for me and moves the Dells Ducks to third and moves the Utah Outliers out of the top 10. This Buffalo Stampede jersey is awesome. I love it. I
1: love everything about it. And for those listening, when I said you heard, um, just so you know, it does say the herd inside of their jerseys. I was making the joke. I'm not that big of a dummy. I have taken a couple of fists to the head and a couple of pucks to the head too. That being said, you know, I'm still there. But for real, those, those jerseys, the combination, the the the, the color combinations, how did the jerseys? I think that it, it's they're setting themselves up um, to look good. So hopefully, they build a great roster and make a good run.
0: Yeah, I'm excited to see them when they hit the ice there, and I'm. Already thinking about how I'm going to get my hands on one of these jerseys. So on this podcast, we'll be covering all of Thursday's games along with today, Friday, March 19th morning games. And so here we go, man. We're just going to start off with the first game of the tournament. It was the Northern Junior Cyclones versus the Charleston Colonials on Thursday morning. Very, very early on Thursday morning. And the goalies for this game, this is a battle of the Trevor's. Just want to say it as the Colonials were starting. So Trevor Giborowski, the 20 year old from Ben Salem, Pennsylvania, and the Cyclones were starting. Trevor Wong, the 20 year old from Waizata, Minnesota. So a bunch of goals were scored right out the gate here. Uh, Dicker opened up to scoring one for the Colonials and a Marchand scored and Dicker scored another one. But the goal I want to talk about was in the second period. Landon McClure, the 20 year old uh, from Derry, New Hampshire, makes this a three to one Colonials game on kind of a weird game over the shoulder goal what are your thoughts
1: yeah and this is just one of the things you know you always tell your defense if you're gonna block a shot block a shot with your body not with your stick um i get the puck kind of took a weird bounce landing on the player's stick and the defense just kind of took a swipe at it hit it with their stick and it just ended up doing a little flub shot over the shoulder you know can't really blame the goalie in this one but you know coming on the bench I, i'm talking to that defense and telling you know if you're going to block that shot make sure you block that shot
0: yeah, I just found it a really weird goal, and this one would have probably bothered me a little bit as a goalie. But uh, regardless, it is, at this point, three to 3-1 the Colonials. Nuzma and Rosenbaum score for the Cyclones to tie this thing up. So we enter the third period, and the Colonials get called on a tripping penalty. And on the ensuing power play, Nuzma finds a 19-year-old from Louisville, Colorado, Jackson Tillinghast, and on a beautiful, beautiful pass play, and the Cyclones go up by one almost halfway through the third. It's 4-2 to two Cyclones.
1: Yeah, and that was just great pressure on the power play. They just kept at it, and they finally popped it in the back of the net. I do want to make a comment, though. I, I was listening to this, and that announcer, he is very excited. Um, <laughs> you know, some people might love that, but, hey, he's fired up, and the boys are fired up after that goal.
0: Just call the goal. It's exciting and everything, and if you know you're going to scream, just step back, step back from the mic. There's a ton of commentators out there watching my hockey TV that just need to step back from the mic when you call a goal. It's great. It's exciting. But think about the listeners because it's it's it sometimes becomes brutal. But regardless, the Cyclones defeat the Colonials in this one. Garowski stopping 24-28 and Wong stopping 27 of 30. We move into the next game, the Elmira Junior Enforcers versus the Metro Jets. The goalies in this case, it's a battle between the Michigan boys. The Enforcers are starting jo- Joseph Weiss, the 19 from Detroit, Michigan, and the Jets start William Augustine. The 19-year-old from Livonia, Michigan. This game, Lewis makes it one nothing for the Jets. And then just over halfway through the first, the 19-year-old from Trent, Michigan, Nathan Vasquez, puts another one in the net for the Jets. It's 2-0. Yeah,
1: and this is just a bad play by the D, trying to force the puck out. Uh, they're hemmed in a little bit, and he just tried to do a quick little flip out and ended just on the wrong stick. And uh, they come down, and they just fired back to the net. And it's just one of those ones where, you know, you want to tell your D-man, take your time, get the puck out safely. Um, you know, it's a mistake that ends up in the back of his net.
0: Yeah, and then with only a few minutes remaining in the first, the Jets give away the puck and the enforcers storm down on a two-on-one. And Mitch LaFray, the 18-year-old out of Stratford, Ontario, I assume fakes the pass and makes a two-to-one for the enforcers. And I, I say fakes because, come on, cameraman, this isn't your first time. A bunch of these games right out the gate, the camera people were just not doing their job. And for the USPHL Premier national championships you got to have people on their game this is this is the national championships you can't have some guy on a side hustle that's paying attention to 78 percent of the game but not the other 22 percent there's sometimes the camera was just leaning towards the empty spot of the ice in some of these games so usphl take a look into that i know we're in hampton roads but you've got to have for something this big you got to have people that are paying attention to the game
1: yeah, and, you know, the, you don't get really to see the goal because the camera's a little bit behind there. But, uh, you know, what set up that goal was, you know, actually a great face-off win, and the defenseman skates over the puck and then tries to pick it up and falls over. Just a mess. Um, so maybe he was just busy laughing at the defenseman there. Um, but at the end of the day, you know, it was, a, it was a two-on-one, and by the time we got to see it, the puck was in the back of the net.
0: Yeah, and then the game moves on, uh, second period. Westsink makes it 2 nothing. Or not 2 nothing. Uh, he gets another goal for the Enforcers, and then Maxim Landry makes it 3-2 for the Enforcers, and the Enforcers defeat the Jets 3-2. And I believe that's the Enforcers' first ever national championship victory, if I'm not incorrect, with Augustine stopping 23-26 and Wise stopping 27 of 29. Now we move on to the MJDP versus the Florida Eels. And net for the MJDP is Caden Fisher, the 19-year-old from Grandville, Michigan, and in that for the Eels is Alexander Caron, the 19-year-old out of is it Sorel-Tracy, Quebec? Is there any way I can screw that one up?
1: No, I think that's pretty bang on.
0: Boom, there we go. All right, so first period saw a goal by Nikita Pinskyov for the Eels, and then Joshua Belgrave for the Eels. So the Eels enter the second period up to nothing. And they keep piling it on. Belgrave gets a second goal for make it three nothing, and Garel makes it four nothing for the Eels. And as a third moves along, once again the 20 year old from Burlington, Ontario, Joshua Belgrave makes it five nothing for the Eels with his hat trick goal.
1: Yeah, and I mean this was just great speed with a beauty move to finish it off for the hat trick goal. Um, you know, great way to start a tournament with three goals.
0: Yeah, and a few minutes later, Joseph Mosnick, the eighteen year old from Allen Park, Michigan, gets his team on the board and it's five to one.
1: Yeah, and this was just a beauty scene pass for a one timer, and I mean can't can't blame the goalie on this one.
0: No, and then Easton Moore seals the deal with another Florida goal, and this one ends with the Eels defeating the MJDP six to one. Fisher stopping twenty-six of thirty-two and Koran stopping twenty-eight of twenty-nine. We move on to the New York Aviators and the Minnesota Blue Ox. The goalies in net for the Aviators are Michael Marino, the 19-year-old out of Staten Island, New York. And for the Blue Ox, Vinny Castelletti, the 18-year-old from Roseville, Minnesota. First period. Only one goal scored by Albrecht for the Aviators. It's one nothing. Second period, Hayden Maslowski ties it for the Blue Ox. Skradsky makes it 2-1 for the Blue Ox. And then with less than a minute remaining in the second, the Aviators break into the zone. And Max Jadung, the 17-year-old out of Stockholm, Sweden, buries one. This game's tied at two.
1: Yeah, and this is actually a beauty tip in front of the net. You know, a nice little drop drop pass that led to uh, the shot then eventually getting tipped. But yeah, I mean, it's a it's a great goal to keep the boys in the game.
0: Yeah, and you move into the third period, and Hayden Maslowski, the 18-year-old out of Andover, Minnesota, breaks in alone and puts one in for the Blue Ox. It's three to two Blue Ox.
1: Yeah, and this is a real uh, gutsy play by him. You know, they're on the PK, and he uh, he blows the zone, but it's an even better pass by the defenseman. Hits him on in stride, and uh, you know, gets a penalty kill goal. Yeah, and then McAlpine uh,
0: makes it four to two for the Ox, and then Jodung makes it four to three for the Aviators. So basically, the Blue Ox. Defeat the Aviators four to three, with Marino stopping twenty-seven of thirty-one, and Castelletti stopping twenty-five of twenty-eight. Here we are, the Utah Outliers, the team exiting our Mountain Division for the National Championships, face the Charlotte Rush. In net for the Outliers was Kyle Cosma, no surprise there, the twenty-year-old out of Vaughn, Ontario, and the Rush started David Batisti, the nineteen-year-old out of Victor, New York. So first period. Uh, Brooks makes it one, nothing for the rush. And then Adrasenko ties it for the outliers before towards the end of the first, with only about 17 seconds remaining on the clock, the Italian Vignali finds the German out of hurting 20 year old Luke Volkman. And he puts the outliers up two to one.
1: Yeah. And this is just a great pass followed by a perfect shot. And you know, he fills the net with it. And, uh, like you said, two to one.
0: Yeah. I was really excited for this goal and, was hoping for a lot more from the outliers on this one, but we moving to the second and Zezima ties it up for the rush and then outliers with a bit of a sloppy play and the rush, take it away. And on a pretty play, Shane Hemmer, the 20 year old out of Chicago, Illinois makes it three to two for the rush.
1: Yeah. And I've watched this goal actually a few times, cause I was just wondering what the, what the goalie was doing here. I, I thought he was in position to just slide across and take the puck in the chest, but it almost seemed like he opted to go across to try to make the big glove save and unfortunately for him ends up in the back of his net.
0: And then the game moves on, and then Mumbrum makes it four to two and five to two for the rush. And then uh, CJ Zizma makes it six to two for the rush. And then a really beautiful goal by Luke Volkman. Uh, he may, he pulls the outliers within three It's six to three. But then Charlie Merkley makes it seven to three. And then again, Luke Volkman actually ends up with the hat-trick goal and makes this game seven to four. But the rush defeat the outliers seven to four. Cosma stopping 10 of 15. Soderholm stopping 7 of 9. And Batista stopping 28 of 32. We move on to the Chicago Cougars and the Islanders Hockey Club. And the Cougars start in net Asher Mateau, the 20-year-old out of Highland Park, Illinois. And the Islanders start Dean Hahn, the 19-year-old out of Lancaster, New York, which is pretty close to where I grew up. So first period, Gloosman makes it 1-0 for the Islanders. Conroy and Seafeld make it 3-0 for the Islanders. Then the Islanders get themselves into penalty trouble. But regardless, while shorthanded, Elis Laxinen, the 20-year-old from Ulu, Finland, breaks in on the breakaway and puts the Islanders hockey club up 4 to nothing with still over five
1: minutes remaining in the first. Yeah, he catches the D going back flat-footed and he just blows by him for a nice little move to pop it in the net.
0: And forgive me, Laxinen, and everyone else listening to this podcast, I will destroy everybody's names. <laughs> so, but then Danny... Manorino makes it 4-1 for the Cougars, and the Islanders fail to clear, and Griffin Slobnik, the 19-year-old from Lake Forest, Illinois, makes them pay. Pulling the Cougars within two, it's 4-2 Isles.
1: Yeah, and this was just a bad turnover over in your own end, and just a quick shot on that goes bar down, and uh, you know they're celebrating. And we haven't
0: even exited the first period here. This game's going to be a big one. <laughs> But that's where it's, that's where scoring ended. <laughs> there were no goals in the second and third period. The Islanders defeat the Cougars four to two with Matossian stopping 34-38 and Han stopping 13 of 15. Then we move into the Minnesota Moose versus Toledo Cherokee. The goalies, another Michigan goalie battle, as the Moose have Luke Buzo, the 18-year-old out of Michigan, and the Cherokee have Joey Cormier, the 19-year-old out of Brownstone, Michigan. Because it doesn't actually show where booze is from i'm sure i could do some more digging and find out it just says michigan on elite prospects regardless we move into the first period and a pair of goals scored by either side here brishini and blanchett get one each and we enter the second period tied at one here we are in the second period and the 20 year old out of moscow russia Ahmed malazgov puts the moose up by one it's two to one
1: yeah and this is just a great heads up play he uses the d as a screen and uh, just when, you know, the goalie can't really see the puck, he just fires it by him. That's just a great textbook goal.
0: Yeah, and honestly, he just, I think the way he charged into the zone there, I mean, I was really impressed with that that goal. And that's why I wanted to highlight it. And then Crandall ties it up for the Cherokee. And then I have to talk about this save. So I think it's like two minutes-ish left in the second period. I think the Moose get into penalty trouble and the Cherokee are on the power play here. Booza dives across the net with what I will call so far the save of the tournament.
1: Yeah, and I agree with you. And I mean, not to take away anything from the save. This is an an awesome save. But also as a forward, if I'm coaching the forward here, shoot the puck, man. You've had, that puck, you've had that, that puck on your stick for 30 seconds. Get rid of that puck you put in the back of the net. But, you know, he gives the goalie time. The goalie comes across and absolutely stones him ah
0: Boozer read the play i think Boozer would have found a way to stop it regardless always going to stand by my goalies that was an excellent <laughs> excellent excellent save so yeah I, I i shouted for that save that was awesome and then we're in the third period and after our goal is waved off the cherokee don't relent and the 20-year-old out of trenton michigan drew welsh buries one the cherokee are now up by one three to two
1: yeah and like you said they're just keeping the pressure and they're just climbing and climbing
0: yeah and then uh Rumberger makes it 4 2 for the Cherokee. And that's where it ends. The Cherokee defeat the Moose 4 2. Booze is stopping 34 38. And Cormier is stopping 20 of 22. Now we move on to the West Coast Fresno Monsters versus the East Coast Carolina Junior Hurricanes. I will say this one is a goal fest for the last game of the day. <laughs> but the Monsters <laughs> did have Canute Lowe, the 20 year old out of Fort Nelson, British Columbia, in net. And Hurricanes had Jake Perna, or Jack Perna, I'm sorry. The Hurricanes had Jack Perna, the 20 year old out of Sykesville, Maryland, in net. So in the first period, lots of goals here. Bullduck and Noah and basically even it up for their teams. And then Bradberg puts the monsters up two to one. And then on a terrible defensive go away by the Hurricanes, the monsters McRae Sedaguchi makes them pay
1: its three to one monsters. Yeah, and this was just a great heads-up play to get the puck to the net and, you know, just get a nice a nice goal there.
0: Yeah, and then Bullduck adds another one for the Monsters. It's 4-1, to one, and then Daniel now, right for the end of the first period, pulls his team back within two, and then we move into the second period. In less than a minute and the second, the Junior Hurricanes break into the zone and pull within one. It's 4-3 to three on a goal by the 18-year-old out of Raleigh, North Carolina, Dylan Blue.
1: Yeah and this was just an absolutely beautiful rink wide pass. Uh, good heads up play and uh, you know makes it for an easy tapping goal. Yeah and then now
0: ties it back up with his hat trick goal uh, and it's 4-4 four four. and then it's uh, Luke Babylon makes it 5-4 for the Hurricanes. Gian Battista 6-4 and 7-4. Bradberg pulls the monsters within two, it's 7-5. The Hurricanes pull away again with Alex Strawn making 8-5 and then Graverlanko out of Kazakhstan makes the game 8-6 but that's where this one ends man i told you a goal fest 14 goals in this one the hurricanes defeat the monsters 8 to 6 low stopping 20 and perna stopping 21 of 27 this was a high scoring affair to wrap up
1: day one yeah um you know if, if you want if you wanted goals and you only have time to watch one game this is the game to watch <laughs> yeah,
0: oh my god when, when i'm just trying to document all the goals i'm like okay guys stop like i'm tired <laughs> But we move on to the day two of action And the Charlotte Rush face the Chicago Cougars And the goalies in this one I call it the Battle of the I-90 Boys As Rush will have in that David Batista, the 19-year-old out of Victor, New York And the Cougars have Michael Lenhart The 19-year-old out of Syracuse, New York And both these towns Not that Syracuse is a town, it's more of a city uh, Are really both off the I-90 Regardless, Battle of the I-90 Boys First period, Charlie Merkley London Strickler, Jared Scott and Miles Reed make it 4 nothing for the rush. This one's getting off to a pretty bad start here for the Cougars. And then Chicago ends up in penalty trouble to top it all off. And on the ensuing power play, a beautiful pass from Dill. And Alex Davis, a 20-year-old from Broken Arrow, Oklahoma, buries it. It's 5 nothing Charlotte.
1: Yeah, Chicago is just not having a good day here. And, you know, they, like you said, they get in a little bit of uh, pounding trouble. And, you know, when a, when a team is just filling that like this, you know they're going to score in the power play, and that's exactly what they do.
0: Yeah, and then even to wrap up the first period, Sam Martin makes another one for the Russian. it's 6-0. we enter the second period, and Demumberum makes it 7-0. Zizel makes it 8-0. Merkley makes it 9-0. Devereaux makes it 10-0. And that's how we end the second period, with Chicago down to Charlotte, 10-0, entering the third Third period moves along. Chicago is putting on the pressure early into the third period here. And the 20-year-old from Mauwa, New Jersey, Kevin Johnson, ends the shutout bit and puts his Cougars on the board. It's 10-1.
1: Yeah, and it's just, for you know, for, for this is just a backbreaker. Right? Your team's playing so well, and obviously you want to try to keep that goose egg up. But, uh, you know, they come in and uh, burst your bubble.
0: Yeah, and then Jason Hurd helped out with that, too, as he also scored for the Cougars. But that's where this game ends, the rush defeat. Chicago, 10-2. Batiste only had 10-12, so he didn't face a lot of shots. But, man, Leonard stopped 50, wasn't enough, as uh, there were 60 shots on that. So, man, I tell you what, that kid's legs are going to be tired. And that actually takes us to the outliers versus the islanders. And this is the battle, of the Canadian born boys, as the Outliers have once again Kyle Cosmos starting in net, the 20-year-old out of Vaughn, Ontario, and the Islanders have William Netview, the 19 year old out of Oka, Quebec. So first period, Lakinson and Tersani put the Islanders up two to nothing before Jacob Saran responsible for the Outliers, making this game two to one. And just over halfway through the second, John Tavella, the twenty year old out of East Long Meadow, Massachusetts, puts his team back up by two. It's three to one Islanders.
1: Yeah, and this is actually kind of, you know, this is a big goal right now. You know, they're only, you know, one goal lead they say is, is, is a dangerous lead, right? It's a switch of momentum and back your net and it's over like that. But, uh, you know, putting your team back up by two in a tournament like this, huge.
0: Yeah, and that moves us into the third period where Kressel puts the Islanders up four to one. And then uh, after that goal by Kressel, the Utah Outliers respond with one of their own, a beauty of a shot by the 20-year-old D-man out of Okotox, Alberta. Caden Whaley pulls the Outliers back within two. It's four to two Islanders.
1: Yeah, and you know, again, this is just another one where you're just so I mean it's a great goal.
0: Yeah, and then uh, Matthew Conroy adds another one for the Islanders, the five to two, and that's where it ends. The Islanders defeat the outliers with Cosma stopping twenty-five of twenty-nine and net stopping nineteen of twenty. We move on to the Toledo Cherokee versus the Fresno Monsters, and in net for the Cherokee is again Joey Cormier, the nineteen-year-old out of Brownstown, Michigan, and the Monsters again with Canute Lowe, the twenty-year-old out of Fort Nelson, British Columbia. So right out the gate here, the Cherokee get themselves into the penalty trouble early. But right towards the end of that penalty kill, an excellent individual effort by the 20-year-old out of Trent, Michigan. Again, Drew Welsh, as he splits the defenders and buries it. It's one nothing Cherokee, shorthanded.
1: Yeah, I mean, that's that's the way to you put yourself on the board with an exclamation point, right? Split their deep, put in the back of the net, and just get the bench fired up.
0: Yeah, and then Andrew Blanchett puts in a first one, then a second one, and a third one for the natural hat trick. And the Cherokee are up by 4 nothing before Tyler McNeil makes it 4-1 to on a goal for the Monsters. And the teams are at this point on a 4-on-4 play uh, due to a five-minute major for, I think, hitting, boarding, some sort of five-minute major. They're playing 4-on-4, and Jet Arminen, the 19-year-old out of San Diego, California, with another great individual effort here. And he puts his team back within two. It's 4-2 to Cherokee.
1: Yeah, I mean this was a needed goal, right? I mean you're down by three, you need to you need to respond, and that's the response you needed.
0: Yeah, but uh unfortunately for them, uh Luke Metropolis the, makes it five to two for the Cherokee and then Orozco makes it six to two and I'm gonna slaughter this kid's name, but Orbriski Makes it seven to two and that's that's where this game ends. A so Cherokee defeat the monster seven to two. Low stopping twenty-five of thirty-one. Gabrielle Mayhu, the sixteen year old from Saint Prosper, Quebec, coming in relief, stops ten of eleven, and Cormier stops thirty-one of thirty-three. And the last game this morning was a Minnesota Moose versus the Carolina Junior Hurricanes. In net for the Moose was Tristan Hadley, the 20-year-old out of Gilbert, Arizona. And in net for the Hurricanes was once again Jack Perna, the 20-year-old out of Sykesville, Maryland. First period had no goals. You move into the second period. And the Moose, uh, the Moose score a couple goals. Solberg and put them up. And then right before the second concludes, Patrick Peck, the 20-year-old Czech, pulls his team within one. And it's 2-1 to Hurricanes.
1: Yeah, and like you said, just while you're closing the period, this is a huge goal going into the going into the locker room.
0: Yeah, and I actually meant to say it's two to one Moose there, but that was a Hurricanes goal. <laughs> and then, uh, the third period moves in, and the uh, Strawn ties it up for the Hurricanes. Right as the game's wrapping up with only 79 seconds remaining on the clock, Tyler Bacini, the 19-year-old from Hanover, Minnesota, becomes the hero and puts his Moose up three to two.
1: Yeah, this is a huge goal. You know, time on the clock is, you know, like you said, 79 <laughs> seconds. Um, call him Captain Clutch, call him whatever you want, but this was a clutch goal.
0: This was a massively clutch goal because I thought, oh, we're finally going to see an overtime game. Nope. Bersini thought differently, and the Moose defeat the Hurricanes three to two. That was a heartbreak for the Hurricanes. Perna stopped 35 of 38, and Hadley stopped 35 of 37. Man, I'm going to say the first. Day and a half of action was amazing. I can't wait for the next 12 games. Anyone listening to this podcast, the games should be starting up very shortly if they haven't just restarted already, as there's four more games remaining here on Friday and eight more games remaining on Saturday to determine the four teams that will advance on to Sunday's championship round in the national
1: championships. Yeah, and like I said, it's going to be a busy weekend of hockey. Um, You know, we're wrapping up with four more games today, so I mean... If, uh, if you're missing hockey, there's no reason not to watch. Oh, no,
0: this is this is the time to watch right now. The USPHL National Championships are live. So get my hockey TV, check out these games, and uh, let us know what you think. How badly did I screw up your name on this podcast? Reach out and let me know. <laughs> so uh, that said, look forward to destroying your names over the next 12 games as well. This is Chris and Sebastian.
1: Have a great day.
0: And we'll catch you next time.